Cry Macho, which is the new uh, film uh, directed by and starring uh, Clint Eastwood, who's now a nonagenarian, adapted from a novel by R. Richard Nash, which apparently began life as a screenplay, couldn't get it made as a screenplay, turned it into a book. Um, I read something which he said, I had a screenplay called Macho that nobody wanted. Um, nobody wanted it, so then I turned it into a, into a novel, got surprisingly good reviews. The instant they appeared, three studios, this is from way, way back, three studios, all of which had rejected the screenplay, started to bid for the, this awful little novel thing. Anyway, many, many years later, uh, now with a screenplay by Nick Schenk, uh, makes it to the screen. There was at one point going to be a version with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. So... Clint Eastwood is uh, Mike, a one-time rodeo star whose life was changed after an accident that, you know, that, uh, that physically damaged him. But then other things happened in his life as well. Um, he starts off being fired. Then his boss, played by Dwight Yoakam, comes to him and says, I need you to do me a favour. I need you to go to Mexico and retrieve my son, who is with his mother, who is dangerous and crazy and is a, a, an unfit mother. He doesn't want to do it, but his boss says, look, I stood by you after the accident. You owe me. You're a man of your word. So it's Clint Eastwood. So he is a man of his word. So in short order, he goes to Mexico, finds the mother, who is indeed a firebrand, finds the boy who's gone off the rails and spends his days cockfighting and has a pet cockerel called Macho. Uh -huh. um, and then he sets off to take him home, but he discovers he's being followed by the federales and gangsters, so he has to hole up in a small town where he is taken in to a cantina, which was just waiting for him to arrive, and there's somebody with some horses who needs them training. This is an ideal moment for some substitute father-son bonding. Looking good, kid. Look where you're going and go where you're looking. Good. Put your heels down. Okay. Heels down. Yeah, don't look like a sack of potatoes. Huh? <laughs> your dad's going to be a happy man. See that. Just a, a, a brief but I think telling clip. Here is the thing. You, it's no surprise that what's going to happen is, okay, they're, they're, they're stuck in this kind of little idyll and... Um, you know, he's going to learn to bond with a child and there's going to be, like, a generational thing. That's fine. I think what is surprising is just how many clichés are involved in this already fairly clichéd story, which, incidentally, was made, you know, during COVID in New Mexico. It's kind of like the movie gods were against it happening. So it's like, you know, he says, oh, you have to go to Mexico to get the kid back. OK, fine. So Clint Eastwood walks into a bar, walks into a bar, immediately accosted by Etta, who is this firebrand and dressed in red, and immediately takes it into his office and says, what are you doing here? And then the next thing is, as far as I can tell, I was so baffled by this scene, I think she comes on to Clint Eastwood. I was so baffled by whether that was actually happening. I had a conversation afterwards with Pete Bradshaw from the guy. He said, is that what happened? I'm not imagining it. That is what happened in that scene. He said, I think it is too. Anyway, then they head off. They get to this little idyllic village which appears to have been designed by the people that make picture postcards they arrive at a cantina where he immediately meets somebody who is widowed and immediately falls in love with Clint because everybody appears to fall in love with Clint and suddenly there is food and supplies and horses and bonding and then there's some other stuff which goes on which is there's a whole thing about well is it a good idea to take him across the border because maybe but then everyone forgets about that plot bit and then they do a bit more wibbling around and then Clint does some looking into this and everything's kind of golden hour and the music goes tinkly plonky golden hour and you go it's the golden hour 1976 it really is 
I mean, it's just, it's it's as if somebody, you know, they were sat at a word processor and went father, son, bonding, late life, neo-noir, Western romance, shift, go. And it turned this out. The, the saving grace of it is that it all feels so insipidly amiable that it's quite hard to get worked up about it. But it's preposterous nonsense. Insipidly amiable. Insipidly. I, insipidly amiable. I quite. And did you say Dwight Yoakam's in it? Yeah. I haven't heard from him for years because he was <laughs> like the. That ter- it was that terrible kind of new country thing that they talked about, which was actually yeah, just country. Yeah, but that's right. New country was country, wasn't it? It was. It was just just like on now as opposed to from <laughs> twenty right, years yes. ago. So Dwight, but is this like an acting? Has he stopped twanging? He's not. He's not twanging in this. He comes in as the presence who basically says to, he says to Clint Eastwood, "I need you to go get my boy." And Clint Eastwood says, "Well, I can get somebody else to do that." And he goes, "Yeah, but you owe me." And Clint Eastwood goes, "All right." And then you go, okay, okay, fine. And then and Kenny literally goes to Mexico, walks into a bar, and immediately the boy's mother, who is just in case we'd missed the idea that she's, you know, a bit out, is wearing a bright red dress and is clearly crazy, go nuts. It's come on, you can do better than this. This is the man that made Unforgiven. <laughs> 